Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Advisor Arena Podcast. This is Jamie Malm. I'm your host. I've got Josh Watson, your co-host, and we have... A special guest today, Anthony Kinjemi, one of our top advisors from Crescent City Retirement. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. Absolutely. We always like having other advisors on here to share what they're doing. I think we can all agree it's great to hear from people that are doing exactly what we're doing and just get a little feedback on what's working, what's not, what you've changed over the last year or so. So we're excited. We're going to pick your brain here a little bit. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So I've got to ask, you obviously have always done very well with group presentations and traditional seminars have been your format for years, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We certainly have used seminars and educational workshops as part of our marketing. So that's not necessarily unique. We have a lot of people that are doing that, but what is unique is how you kind of approached the pandemic and how that changed your business. So tell me a little bit about what that has meant for your events specifically. What did last year at this time look like for you, for your events? Well, I mean, it looked, it looked scary. Um, you know, with all the, you know, shutdowns and the rules and COVID and all of the issues, you know, surrounding that certainly, um, you know, was pause, you know, for concern. Uh, but what I can say, though, Jamie, is um, just like any, you know, spoke on the wheel of marketing, obviously getting in front of groups, whether they be smaller groups, which incidentally, they are smaller groups. But what I've found is they're more intimate and more effective. You know, I'm, when you, you know, used to seeing 30 or 35 or 40 people in a room, you know, you feel like, well, okay, now if I have 16 or 18, uh, you know, only have half the, uh, you know, the attendees, but actually I found it to be a little more effective because it's more intimate. You can get, you know, people are spread out, you know, a little better now and, and they're not so crammed in there. And uh, so you don't have as much distraction, frankly. So, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a roundabout way, the smaller groups and, and having the more social distancing type of approach uh, has been more effective, I think. Okay, so if I'm listening to this, I'm another advisor, I've got some questions here already. One of those being, how long did you completely stop doing events before you thought, okay, I think we can get back to having some smaller groups at least. How long was it totally shut down where you weren't in front of anybody face to face? Yeah, I would say, I would say 60, maybe 90 days uh, from, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the, when, when everything more or less got shut down, we might've went 60 days, maybe a little over 60 days, no more than 90 days. And I would guess, Josh, you tell me what you think, but I would guess we've got people listening that are like, holy cow, 60, 90 days. I still haven't fully gotten back to it. So you you were quicker at kind of getting back out there. Did you have to change the venue? Did you go back to the same location? Like, 
when you first started back on them, what things immediately did you change? Well, the protocol, you know, changed. The venue, you know, I'm, I'm just of the opinion that a little bit nicer venue is just more attractive. Uh, so, you know, certainly we use the, the nicer venue, the protocol at the venue, they come in with a mask, you can do the temperature check, you know, a six top, you know, you can put four people at a six top or a four top, you can put two people. So you're spreading people around, uh, more, uh, you know, and, and those types of things. So I guess the protocol and then being clear about the protocol when you do your follow-up calls, you know, your confirmation calls, letting them know, you know, that they may be sitting with, are they okay with sitting with another couple if they're spread apart? Uh, are they comfortable with that? Some people might say, no, they're not comfortable with that. So then you want to put them maybe at a four top with just them and their partner. So, you know, you have to kind of feel through that as far as protocol. Now, of course, that was, uh, I would say much more, uh, um, you know, evident in, in the beginning. But now I find that people really are just, you know, the people that'll come to the event are not as uptight now that the vaccines, you know, taken hold. And you know, if you start polling your your clients or people that you're talking to, um, you know, at least in our experience, I mean, you talk to people in their mid to late fifties and, you know, to 70 years old, I mean, most of them have, have gotten the shot, you know, or at least one of the shots. So I think for the people that are concerned, you know, the shot, the vaccine now is, is so readily available. I think people are very, you know, the ones that, you know, are, are, are getting the vaccine have either done it or in the process of doing it. Right. I, I think 60, 90 days in after, you know, COVID became so, so robust or so prevalent that we had to completely shut down. You had restaurants not open. Of course, protocol was going to be top of mind. And I think important to communicate that to people. Do you still do it at all? I mean, when you make your confirmation calls, do you still include that in some of the conversations you're having with people or have you moved away from bringing that up proactively? From even bringing that up? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, I, I have to say, now, I'm not sure if this is right or wrong, but I think just, you know, because we've been, you know, actively every month doing two to even, you know, three nights a month. Now, again, smaller, smaller groups, more intimate groups, which I don't think I'll ever go back to, you know, wanting 35 or 40 people in a room. I mean, again, I'd rather have three nights uh, with with 15 to 18 people in the room than than two nights with, you know, 30 or 35 people in a room. So, uh, but to answer your question, no, I, I would say, and again, this may be right or wrong, but we're really not making, you know, that big of a, um, you know, deal out of it now. We, you know, we're, now I will say that as far as our, you know, our marketing or our campaign to the event, uh, I think that's something else that needs to be pointed out. I mean, obviously, you know, for, for the, you know, advisors on the call, you know, you, you do your direct mail and you do Facebook, you know, you throw in some, some, um, social, you know, media marketing, but then you've got a database, you know, you've got a database of clients, uh, that, that can bring a friend. So if you've got an advocate program or a referral 
program where, you know, certainly that's been, been good. You know, clients will bring a guest. Uh, and then the prospects that you have in your database that, um, that have come to previous events or called in on your radio show or, you know, whatever it might be. So, so you have to think about, okay, we're going to have these two nights or we're going to have these three nights this month. They're going to be smaller, which, again, I think is, is more effective. So, you know, it can be a nicer place. It's going to be a smaller group. And then what is our campaign? What are the things that we are going to do to promote that event? And I'm sure, you know, most everybody on the call is saying, well, sure, you know, you've got to, you probably have to have four or five different sources or, uh, to, to promote the event. Uh, but I think that's critical. And, and I will say that, you know, momentum is, is, is everything. I mean, you know, when you just pull the plug on any of your marketing, whether it be digital marketing or, or your you know, webinars, which we can talk about here in a minute, or your seminars or your radio show or whatever you're doing, you know, when you just completely pull the plug completely and just shut it down, then, then getting that momentum back going is, is that inertia is, uh, you know, a lot um, harder than just maintaining a consistent uh, marketing strategy. And that's what I've found. I mean, over the years, I've stopped marketing, you know, you know stopped seminars for a couple of months. Okay, we're not going to do them in the summer or we're, you know, not going to do them in December because of Christmas and the holidays. And I've been through all of that. And I understand that type of reasoning, you know, okay, well, nobody's coming in December or what, what it might be. But, you know, I just find that, you know, <laughs> when you do that, then it, you know, it's like 90 days before you can get that momentum back going again. So we don't stop them. You know, I do them in November and December and January, and we just have to be consistent. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years and just being able to you know, be around advisors that are very consistent and, you know, and, and, and put up the numbers, you know, I, I find that's a very common thread. They don't just unplug, you know, for 90 days because it's summertime. Now, I mean, again, everybody's got their own thought about that, but uh, I just think that, you know, you know, cutting off your lifeline, your marketing, you know, you, the, the fuel for your business and just shutting that off. Now, get, I get the fact that COVID and, and you know, it brought, you know, this, uh, you know, a, a very unique um, circumstance. But by all means, I would think at this point, you know, getting back into that and, and being consistent with the marketing and the seminars and workshops, if that's part of your, your marketing platform, it, it's, it's certainly high time to, to, to get started if you're, if you're still sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to circle back to something that you said there, because um, I think it's important to zero in on how you feel about this. But you mentioned having smaller groups is something that you feel is of benefit and you don't ever want to go back to having 30 plus people in a room. I would guess we've got people that are listening to that thinking that makes no sense to me. Why wouldn't you want to get in front of as many people as possible and do it in as few of nights as possible because that's less work for you? So if you're going from two nights a week and now you're doing three, that seems like a lot. But there's a reason, obviously, that you say, hey, here's what we've seen a, a difference in smaller groups, more intimate. They're more engaged or, you know, you, you tell me, what do you see as the primary difference between 
having a big group yeah. two nights to a small group three nights. Why do you want to keep that? Oh, well, I, honestly, and I mean, again, you know, this is, uh, I mean, I, you know, I can just speak to, you know, I mean, I know people are people and, you know, you've heard the old, you know, the, you heard the old adage, you know, it's not the land, it's, it's the man and our woman. Um, so I'm, you know, I said that to say that, you know, I'm sure this, I would, I would uh, wager that this is true across the board, but if you're in front of a group of 16 people, you know, and you've got a spread out group and it's a more intimate group and you can ask questions, you know, people can ask questions and you can get more personal because it's a smaller group. You can touch the people. I mean, I think that's just, you know, stands to reason. So the question is, do I do a Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday? So do I do three nights and have 15 to 18 people a night? Or do I feel it's more effective to have 30 people on a Tuesday and 30 people on a Thursday? And I can, I can say, uh, you know, hands down, the, as far as I'm concerned, having the smaller group and adding that extra night, and it's not three nights in a week, it would be a Tuesday and a Thursday and then a following Tuesday, and that's your three nights for the month. Uh, so yeah. we do three a month. Now, I know advisors that do a lot more than that, you know, but that's not, you know, we, I think, you know, three little stand-up talks a month in a, in a, in a restaurant, whether it be clients bringing a guest or people coming off of social media or people coming out of the database or raising their hand again to come back around or the, or the mailer that pulled, you know, you've got to have four or five, or you mentioned it on your radio show. And, and, you know, so you're going to get people to come to the event, newsletters, you know, um, certainly, you know, promoting your, your next event in the newsletter and whatever the topic might be, taxes and retirement or the five keys to a stress-free, you know, whatever your topics are. But yeah, if you've got all of those uh, marketing pieces going and you've got the dates scheduled for the following month and the following month and you've got a whole year planned out of dates and that's all in the newsletter and that's on right. the radio show and that, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, again, back to momentum. But if it's not in the newsletter and you don't have the dates and you're not putting the mailers and you don't do the digital, you know, then all of a sudden it just things just start slowing down and drying up. And you're wondering, you know, looking out the window and saying, where's, you know, where's, where's that, the activity? And uh, so, again, I, I got caught up in that, uh, Jamie, over the years where I just said, well, I'm not going to do them in December. And then the mail hits and then it's the holidays and then January and then the first First one for the new year is going to be at the end of January or well, beginning I want to of jump February. In here because Man, you lose the whole quarter. Yeah. And what you're explaining there is something that we talked about not too long ago on a podcast about social media. And Brooke Runnenbaum, who joined us for that as an expert in marketing, and she refers to it as think of it like a bag of popcorn that you put in the microwave. You have to stay in the heat. And if you put a bag of popcorn in the microwave and after 30 seconds, you're like, well, that's a dud. That didn't work. And you pull it out. You try another one. You put it in. You leave it in for 45 seconds. And you're like, this is a dud. All, none of these bags of popcorn are any good. It's the same type of thing if you're constantly jumping from one marketing thing to another. She says you have to yeah. stay in the heat. And you guys do a really good job of that. You stay consistent. You hit on multiple areas. Um, and Josh, before I forget, I want to let you jump in here because what he's talking about with smaller events, you're not the only one that's sharing that with us, Anthony. And Josh, I know you just talked to one of our advisors, Ronnie, in South Carolina. He just did a similar thing where 
he shifted to a smaller event and was raving about it. And I know you talked to him a little bit about it. Definitely. And he's had the same type of type of experience that Anthony's had. He's got good momentum. He's been doing these little smaller events for probably the last six months. And so here he is. He's having one of his better years that he's ever had, start to a year. Uh, he's got great momentum. He says that same same type of situation as Anthony, where, you know, people at this point who are coming to the events, yeah, they're not they're not as worried about COVID. They've got the vaccine now. And so same exact thing. You just got to get out there. You've got to get the momentum going. And that's the whole key to this thing. The quicker you start, the quicker you're going to get that momentum back. I mean, look at Anthony. Right. He did it within 60 days and he's rolling right now because he's got all that momentum. So uh, it's a very similar result. And Anthony, one of the things yeah. that you did, I think, to stay consistent when the 60 days or 90 days or whatever period it was where you knew, OK, we cannot do this. You had some pretty cool outside of the box ideas where when you market to clients and you have an advocate program and you want them sending in referrals and you want them to be engaged with you that in that period so they will bring people to future events. Um, you did a couple of drive up events that were big hits, right? We did. I mean, that, and that was, that was, uh, that was interesting. And, you know, of course you've all, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody listening has, uh, you know, whether you've got kids or grandkids that, uh, maybe they had a drive through birthday party or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, this is just something that, you know, people kind of gravitated to, uh, through the, you know, the, 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 this pandemic. And, uh, so we tried it with a client, you know, uh, well, several client events, but, uh, we gave away, for instance, um, for Thanksgiving, we did a ham drive by. So we had these honey baked hams and they were going to drive by, pick up their ham and, uh, and, um, and then a couple of little bag of goodies, you know, some, some, some marketing pieces, you know, uh, water bottle and a nice pen and, a couple other things, but nevertheless, you know, we had 200 and, and we gave away like 260 hams. Right. And I mean, it was clients coming through and blowing the horn and we were waving and we had our masks on. And I mean, and, and frankly, it was probably one of the easiest, uh, client events you could do because, you know, a couple <laughs> right. of hours of the people driving by and waving and just that little bit of FaceTime and they had to keep moving because cars were behind them. And so, I mean, I, I, I think three hours at the most, I don't even think it was three hours. I mean, between the setup and, 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 and people driving through and picking up their hams. And so again, it's a lot of goodwill there. I mean, you know, then you've got clients that are just really appreciative and, you know, and I, let me just say this, um, you know, and the more and more and the longer I'm in this business, uh, the more I, I realize this, you know, if you're a real partner for your clients, if, if it's not a transactional business, it's you're really their retirement partner. And so when things come up, they call your office. I mean, I had a client you know, we, we, uh, you know, this is not that long ago, I guess about, th you know, several months ago, Diane, one of the ladies in my office that handles our new business, she spent, I guess she spent several hours one morning helping a client just straighten out, straightening out a part D the man joined Medicare Part D and we had to, he had to show that he had credible coverage and Medicare was trying to 
charge them more, penalize them. And so we had to appeal it and we had to fix it, right? This is a, this is a Medicare Part D, you know, drug plan, you know. And so, you know, obviously there's no money in that, right? I mean, this is just, we're just trying to serve the client. Well, I mean, just, I don't know, a day or so ago, he inherited $860,000 from his mother. Mm-hmm. She passed away. He had no idea she had that kind of money. And it was four different brokers. It was Wells Fargo. It was Edward Jones. It was Chase. And uh, I think, well, it might have been the three three of them. Might have been. I think it was one more. But, you know, all of those brokers wanted, uh, Francis is his name, wanted, you know, his business. You know, say, hey. And, 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 you know, right down the line, he said, look, we already have an advisory firm. We already have a, you know, a partner. And, uh, you know, so we just got all the claim forms rolled, you know, rolling all the money over. But my point is, you know, three months ago, we we're helping him with a Part D, you know, $10 uh, or $5 a month penalty on his Part D and spending several hours doing it, you know, uh, it's goodwill. They know that you're their partner. You know, they're a client of your firm. And so when you think of your clients that way, and then, of course, you know, the little events that you might do for your clients, you know, you're their go-to, we're their go-to firm. We're their partners. Well, that's a good transition into something that I think is a good place to start for anybody that's listening and thinking, well, shoot, I already lost momentum a little bit. So what he's talking about, I feel like, yeah, I do need to get back going, but I don't have that momentum built up. Your database, your current clients, people that have attended a seminar in the past. If you're a little gun shy about going out and spending money now on in-person events that you haven't done for almost a year, then that would be a logical place to start because there's all kinds of things that your current clients or you know, people in your database could benefit from. They might bring a friend to it. Think outside the box and just get in front of people again. And that's something that you guys always do very well, whether you're bringing in business owners to join the radio show or you're doing little events that just help clients on topics you don't even really, you specifically don't benefit from, but it's goodwill towards your clients. That is all part of keeping that momentum up. And it's a great place to start if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I've already lost momentum. I need to get going. Where do I even start? Look at your database. Look at your current clients. Start with just how can I help somebody the most right now? How can I serve? And when you approach it from that angle, I know whenever I approach things from that angle, now I don't feel like, oh gosh, I hate to try to get people to get out and about, or I hate to do this or that, or I don't want to, I don't want to impose. You're serving them. And that's always a good place to start. You guys do a fantastic job of that. I appreciate so much you taking a few minutes and hopping on here and sharing that with us. Absolutely. Well, you know, I tell you, uh, Jamie and Josh, I mean, you, you know, the partner we have in Gradient and the partner we have with, with you guys is has been, you know, immeasurable. I mean, we you know, we really couldn't do it. I mean, every time I, you know, get it, you know, and, and this is the, just the honest to God truth. I mean, the support we get from y'all, the support we get from Case Central, the support we get from, you know, everybody that we work with there uh, is, is allowing us to be, you know, to be able to serve our client base and serve the community because, you know, of the resources. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I feel like, 
it's it's not you know honestly it's not overly complicated it's just it's just you know making as you say making a list okay how am i going to serve my clients how am i going to show up for them how am i going to you know show up for the community you know what type of venue am i going to use you know and just start getting those dates on the calendar and do the proper marketing to you know get the folks there and frankly if you get 10 or 12 people in a room and it's a small room you don't have to fill the room you know just 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 put six tables in the room you know it, and it can be a small intimate event and you what you may find out is having a smaller event is just a lot more effective you know, and it's not going to be as expensive because you're, you know, you're feeding 12 people or 15 people instead of 35. And when you got 35 people in a room, half of them are going to be murmuring and talking the other people out of it. And I've been here before. You know, you don't need all that. Well, <laughs> you know, all, good like divide, all good divide points. Divide and conquer. You know? yes. Well, and I, and I think you, like I said, you always do a great job of getting out in your community, involving current clients, asking how you can serve and that's my best recommendation. If I could take away anything that I know you guys do and do it well and use that to help others do the same thing, start re-engaging in your community. Start getting back in front of people with how can I serve mindset. It will serve you well. Anthony, thank you for joining us. Josh, as always, thanks for hopping on. If the information was valuable, and we certainly hope it was, go on to theadvisorarena.com. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Subscribe. Send us an email as always if there's anything from today's show that you want some additional info on. Thanks, everyone. 